This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Welcome back to White Ladies in Crisis. It's a podcast about women sometimes losing their marbles. We're talking about Apple TV's physical <laughs> episode nine, which is... Let's face the facts. Let's face the facts. There we go. Yeah. So this is the one where the truth comes out. And Jen, I think you mentioned that you found this. It, this is a roller coaster, right? Yes. Yes. Lots of emotions in this one. <laughs> Oh yeah. boy. Also, petition to subtitle this episode just when you thought it was safe to like Danny again. Exactly. Oh, oh my god, gosh. I've got a big old air knife with his hand on it with his name on it just just gripping it, Oof. white knuckling it. Yeah, he is just absolutely not my favorite. I tried to have sympathy <laughs> him early on because mm-hmm. i was putting myself in his position thinking i'm married to somebody we have a child we have you know years that we have spent building this family and then all of a sudden you find out that they've been lying to you so sure he has a right to be angry mm-hmm. but then he makes that crack about her family at the political uh-huh. rally and i just thought no you're dead to me again yeah, yep, and then of so course, mad. and then of course, the inevitable, you know, from that we knew was going to happen from episode one, where you know he and Simone finally hook up. It oh, is God. immediately following Simone trying to tell him, "Hey, I think there's something wrong with her," mm-hmm. like in a, in a in a you know sort of vaguely concerned way. Although you know how concerned could she possibly be? <laughs> I mean, right. You know, but mm-hmm. but you know she, she's expressing some concern. That you know she is showing signs of possibly an eating disorder, and Danny's like, yeah, well, 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 blah blah blah. You're so sexual, and that's intoxicating. It's like, fuck you, Danny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so many things that pissed me off in that conversation because he's talking about her not being connected to her body when they're having sex, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, she's a trauma survivor. That's mm-hmm. why I got like the amount of times I wrote "fuck you, Danny" and "fuck you, Jerry" in my notes, <laughs> it's like in the multiple digits. I think and the other thing that I was thinking about is and when Simone started talking about the the scratch on her knuckle this is what kind of made me realize like he has no clue what she was doing like and I wonder and we don't see the conversation after but like I was thinking I was really hoping and maybe I'm just naive with this show but I was like okay this could be a moment where she comes clean and he sees that there's a bigger problem and that they have some kind of like healing or some kind of like level of honesty with this. And he just is not interested. He just really wants to shame her and make her feel bad. And I agree with you, Joe. Like I could imagine being really mad for a while, especially when you got Jerry in your ear, you know? Mm, yeah. But it just like the fact that he has no curiosity about what it is she was lying to him about, you know? Well, there's a really chilling parallel in this to John Bream and his wife and how they just refuse to talk directly to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they go to this Christian or Mormon marriage counselor, which is about as mortifying experience as you can imagine. Oh my God. And so she, she goes, she decides John's wife decides she's going to buy him a, buy a waterbed. Oh my God. To put I in died. their bedroom. And the phrase, the phrasing she used, it really, 
stood out to me and really just chill me to the bones was I try to think about the best way to, to, to make you happy in this situation. So I did this and I'm like, you know, you could have just asked him mm-hmm. and none, none of these couples, you know, ever talk to each other. No, they, they, they never talk to each other. Yeah. And it does. The counseling scene made me really sad for her because I feel like, like she did just walk away when he was saying he was unhappy, but I got the sense that she brought them to the counselor, yes. which I get is more like a minister, I guess I should say, or a clergy clergy counselor, like rather than an actual therapist, because oh god, mm-hmm. if that's a therapist, well, um, we're we're still not ready to do that, right? Because it's the eighties, right. right? And of course, mm-hmm. he turns it around on her. Well, you know, you know, what could totally. you be doing? Oh yeah, what are you not doing? And so when when she got the water bed, I was like, is she kind of trolling him a little bit? Because <laughs> <laughs> no. she said, I was thinking, what am I not giving you that you need? And she just had this weird emphasis on it. She's like, she's obsessed with the water thing, which is so mm. bizarre to me. This is just like she just you know has zeroed in on this as you know, something they have to address, and that's something she has to keep bringing up, and and it just it's so weird to me mm-hmm. i feel like she thinks that if she can fix the water problem then the marriage will go back to normal and everything mm. will be fine again like the the water is the problem as mm-hmm. opposed to the water is symptomatic of the larger problems that he is going through right exactly mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense i hadn't thought about that on her side but i did notice like he was clenching his hands like even looking at the glass of water and then when the minister said, we don't have to dwell on the past, that's when he released it. Because he's like, okay, I'm not going to have to talk about this thing now. It mm. is going to fall on her shoulders, not mine. Oh, sure. Like, let's not talk about the fact that I, I think it was you, Gina, who suggested at last episode that it was his dad who, no, sorry, it was you, Jen, uh, who said that it was his dad who died in the water. Mm-hmm. And we got confirmation of that today. So it's like, oh, and you haven't swam since mm-hmm. and you can't swim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's nothing psychological going on here. It's probably your marriage and the fact that you only have two kids. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. Well, you know, he's a man, so there can't be anything wrong with him. It has to be the woman. And mm-hmm. I was like, she, she already gave you two kids and they're older, like seems like she might be out of that stage in her life <laughs> like, oh my gosh i uh, i died when this individual was like oh yeah maybe we should think about having more kids it's probably exercise maybe you're not doing your part and i just thought uh, wait are we actively saying that you have two teenage children and you should be now trying to have a new baby what right. is happening having a baby has never fixed a problem no ever no <laughs> absolutely not it's like you know that and buying a house you never never, never fix totally. never fixes a, a a relationship that's already on shaky ground mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah also factually inaccurate that exercising makes your like affects your fertility level like in certain <laughs> circumstances yes but not in general like the fact it's actually better for you and better for your like reproductive system if you are in good shape so fuck you therapist yeah in air quotes i i could maybe imagine it in someone like sheila's case where she is hurting her body in mm-hmm. other ways or she's almost taking her body to the limit because she mm-hmm. is so desperate to feel something but like from what we've seen of john bream's wife it seems like this exercise is one of the few things that she's been doing for herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
that made me really angry. <laughs> so interestingly enough, speaking of John Bream's wife and her exercise regimen, we get confirmation that these are bootleg tapes that people have been watching. And I feel like a bit of a dum-dum for not cluing in that that's how people have been getting their hands on them. Well, I don't think any of us caught it. And I remember last time we were like, I don't remember John Bream's wife being at that party. And it's because she wasn't. Yes. So, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. We weren't wrong in that moment. <laughs> yeah, the bootleg tapes were not that that's related to the the excited part of the episode for me where I was like, yes finally happening it's gonna happen you know so i don't know if we want to skip to the end or not <laughs> well i will say i love nothing better than a get the squad together kind of scene mm -hmm. so sheila leaving danny high and dry during his speech so that she uh -huh. and greta can get in the car go and collect tyler and bunny and then have a slow motion walk into that surf dude's place Mm -hmm. Loved it. Did you it. see the look on Bunny's face when Greta took her wig off? I love that. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, Greta's like a whole new woman now. It's kind of great. Oh like the only the only heart to heart we really get from anybody, any of the characters, is between Sheila and Greta. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is the moment I've been waiting for for like since episode two. I was I loved that scene so much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my heart broke for Sheila a little bit when she's like, I have trouble getting close to other women uh -huh. or, or, or opening up to other women. And Greta's like, I have the opposite problem. I open up too much. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I, I kind of get both sides of that. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. It was like they had this moment of connection. And did you notice Sheila didn't have the internal monologue nope. when that was happening? Nope. Mm -hmm. Like she was actually connecting with her and the, the wall had dropped down. She's a lot more openly emotional in this episode then then i mean mm -hmm. there's a couple times where she cries and 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 yeah. i mean she this is the first time i think she has cried from the way danny speaks to her that we that, that we've seen yes. and it's just mm -hmm. like it, it's it's heartbreaking you know this character and this is why i keep telling people just stick with the show the, the first few episodes are rough they are i mean you really have mm -hmm. to get mm -hmm. past this this monologue she has where she just kind of sounds like a mean girl yeah. mm -hmm. but you know there's a certain point where she she does she does move beyond that and you start figuring out that she doesn't actually enjoy the things she thinks she she hates it yeah mm -hmm. and, and until a certain point doesn't really have any control over it so you know now you, you're not you're getting less of the the inner the inner monologue and more of her openly expressing emotions, but that's you know that's upsetting in another way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the difference is, is that this feels like so much payoff for this arc that we have been waiting to happen, right? Like I love mm -hmm. the show from the very first episode, but it didn't seem sustainable that we would be able to stay with that character the way that she was. And you know, right. like any good TV exactly. show, it's like, no, she's going to grow. She's going to evolve. And the payoff now is so much richer. Like I shouldn't be feeling emotional because Sheila cries for the first time in this mm -hmm. episode, but she cries twice. And I was bowled over like both times. I was like, Oh my God, she's crying. It's like, yeah, characters cry, but this character mm -hmm. We have never seen cry, and I honestly never expected to see it happen. I know. It made me so happy. <laughs> um, and, I mean, not for her to be sad, but just for her to show that emotion to someone else, you know? That's what she needed to do. She, she needed to be vulnerable yes. in front of someone, and mm -hmm. someone that someone was Greta. Yes, as we always knew it would be. Yeah, 
And to have Greta accept that. Yeah, exactly. Because Greta knows, you know, and to have that be met with this really sweet moment. Mm -hmm. Because like when Greta takes her wig off, there's no voice in Sheila's head that like, oh, you look like shit. Mm -hmm. You know, like I think she really likes it. And it's because they've had that moment of connection. Like Sheila immediately knows why she did that or why she was at least inspired to do it. And it's like this level of connection that she just doesn't get from anybody else and doesn't let herself have with anybody else, which, I mean, if we think back to her past, like that makes sense, you know? Mm -hmm. And so to see her be vulnerable in that way, partly because Greta has been vulnerable with her and she's seen that it's okay, you know? But the moment with the monologue that really stood out to me was when Bunny comes to ask her when they think that she has bootlegged the tape and she stops hearing what Bunny is saying and she's just hearing like the negative feedback. And that's I thought that was a really, really smart way of showing what it can feel like when somebody has kind of triggers with people that are really forceful with them is that they just shut down and like the negative like cycle is all they can hear. Even it, I think it explains why Sheila has found so many difficulties connecting specifically to other women, because if Mm -hmm. this is what her interactions are like, how could she possibly carry on a conversation or any kind of friendship with another woman if she just feels like they're calling her a fat bitch all the time? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. It is a bit of a weird decision to wait until episode nine to give us that, though, because so often, you're right, Gina, she has just felt like a bit of a mean girl and you know we knew that she was having these difficulties and that the internal monologue was a problem for her but part of me wonders if it would have been easier for new viewers to get more on her side if we got more of this a little bit earlier yeah i I think so i think so yeah, I I don't mind that it's taken us this long because I f- feel like that feels real mm. more so than like TV real to me, you know, and that's one thing that we've talked about before is I'm I'm constantly surprised at how this show kind of eschews like TV what I want for TV and what I want for these characters is if they were real people. And that was, that's one of those things. Like I think that wall that she has up is just really, really high and has taken her to a, a really long time to kind of break down, you know, but it's like, she just kicks through it in this episode. Cause then she like, it follows up pretty quickly on the heels of her saying, no, things are not okay. I'm going to do something about changing my life, you know? Mm-hmm. What do you think of the moments where she does try to stand up for herself with Danny? So we do have the internal monologue going off as she's cooking, where she's saying, don't say anything about the smart development because he's there with Jerry and it goes really badly. And that's the first time that she cries. And then later on when they're walking in, I I love that we said, oh, it's almost like she's got... Uh, or rather it's like Danny has Jerry on one side and Sheila on the other, because when they're walking into the party, I literally thought, Oh, there's Danny with the two, the angel and the devil on his shoulder because mm-hmm. Jerry's saying, no, don't say anything about smart development. Fuck these people. We're just going to go after the hippies and the kids. And Sheila's saying like, no, let's play it smart. And of course, Danny comes to his senses and realizes, Oh, my wife is really fucking smart. And he does the right mm-hmm. thing. But Like, I I do love that Sheila isn't even there for that moment because she Mm -hmm. has realized, oh, no, I need to be off doing my other thing. Yeah, I wonder when when she 
says that thing to Danny and I think he immediately has this look on his face like this eat shit and die you stupid yeah. lady which is the way I'm I'm sure she's interpreting it and just I think it's like she immediately knows there's nothing that she can say short of telling him the entire truth and coming clean about what she's struggling with which I understand why she wouldn't want to do that but it's like there's no defense there's nothing she can say that will make sense as an argument to well them. especially with with fucking jerry hovering around. <laughs> oh my god i, mean, I fucking you, hate him <laughs> how can you have that kind of conversation mm-hmm. with your spouse when his friend who clearly hates you yeah and and has always hated you is you know you hovering around the background pulling faces at you and muttering under his breath about you mm-hmm. yeah the sneering at the beach was full on villain status like when Maya's throwing her temper tantrum and Sheila's trying to play nice and you've just Mm -hmm. got Jerry there being I mean both men are basically saying like what you can't even control your daughter you can't even do this like oh Mm -hmm. we don't need the monologue in those instances because it's written all over these men's faces and it's abhorrent Yeah, kids can't wait on that kind of stuff, especially kids that young. And that moment where she was driving with Maya screaming, I've been there many times. And it's like, fuck, like you can't do anything because pulling over just makes it last longer. You just have to get home and, you know, do the best you can. And it just sucks. And that's when we see her triggered to binge again. Mm -hmm. It was interesting. And I, again, I've not, unfortunately, I've not heard anything about whether or not the show's going to get a second season or not. I, I have the feeling it, might end up just leaving us kind of you know with yeah. some with some story with some threads undone but another thing we haven't really brought this up too much is maya is she's four i mm-hmm. think she's like preschool age she is definitely acting out yeah yes. more so this episode than usual right like it, mm-hmm. it's been a gradual thing where where you know she she has been desperately trying to get her parents' attention, mm-hmm. and and I think it it is the fallout of Danny spending so much time on his campaign, and Sheila spending so much time doing her thing, and I'm just wondering you know, if assuming that the the writers have an intention of having a second season, if that's going to be addressed at some point. Yeah, yeah, and also we had the little matter of Maya walking in on danny and and simone because danny is stupid enough (laughs) to Uh go down on her on their couch in their living room for all the shit he gives sheila about her parenting it's like that was another time i wrote fuck you danny (laughs) but yeah i mean if you gotta do if you gotta do that just go in your room and close the door i mean for god's sake right i i will give him credit for actually going down on her i i was was also yeah i was gonna say that's that's his only that is his only good point for me yeah and it's just like a half point (laughs) yeah i will say it's just the tip of a point i will say though it does feel like we're living in truly the golden age of television when it comes to women's sexuality (laughs) because i feel like i have seen way more shows that are willing to show women's pleasures specifically around like yeah like going down uh Mm -hmm. more so than ever in the last couple of years and i think it's really good like it's normalizing healthy regular sexual practice 
Mm-hmm. Well, and they're also showing more male nudity, I've noticed, too, which is mm-hmm. kind of evening it out. Always welcome. You know? Always welcome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm never sad about that. <laughs> Even if it is Rory Scovel, I'll, I'll take it. Right. I was going to say, it's not great nudity. <laughs> yeah. But at least it's, nu- at least it's there nudity. There we go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's furthering the plot nudity, not like, <laughs> you know, enjoyable nudity. But yeah, but we also saw Greta, like, giving herself pleasure in the last episode or the two episodes ago i i was absolutely expecting uh john bream to to engage in that as well when he decides to go sit down and watch the watch the workout video Mm -hmm. but 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 his he does seem to have been looking at it more of a businessman's perspective which is which is interesting someone needs to loosen this man's buttons either top or bottom because that man Oh, he is repressed. I mean, I do like the speech he gives Sheila. I mean, he's yeah. uh, he's he's one hundred percent correct. He's not he he's not being condescending to her. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's basically, you know, I I think that he believes that you know, with working together, they can make money. Yeah. yeah. And you two really called that, by the way, because I I hundred percent was like, no, he's just going to try to fuck her because he's not getting something <laughs> in his marriage. And that speech is literally like he could not be less interested in her as a sexual object particularly in this moment yeah he is like oh we should be doing business together because i see you as a viable commercial outlet yeah but he almost like he doesn't even go that far to say it should be us in a business partnership either i kind Mm. of got the sense that he was just like this is something you can make this is something you're good at you know and i was thinking i wonder if this is what the two of them need from their partners that they're not getting you know oh for sure definitely yeah so i was like maybe if they do hook up i wouldn't be too sad <laughs> i mean it wouldn't be surprising right no yeah but you are right although <laughs> you are very right because it occurred to me we have never seen him speak either with this much passion to his wife but maybe not even this many words to his wife Mm-mm. mm-hmm yeah. And it's almost like when your wife's entire existence is based on you, that might get a little boring. And maybe you want something else. And so maybe you shouldn't tell your wife that her whole existence should be based around you and giving you what you want. And I'm not t- speaking to the two of <laughs> John Bream, just to be clear. <laughs> Mr. Bream, we have relationship advice for you. I'm actually speaking to his therapist. <laughs> yeah. Uh... And I don't know if I necessarily think that's her fault. I think she is just very, like, really wanting to please the religious men in her life. Yeah. And I believe that she is religious as well. So. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think she knows any different or maybe even yeah. any better, and hence waterbed. Right. Y'all ever try to sleep in a waterbed? I think I tried it once, and watching him try to get up and roll over onto her was like... <laughs> just nightmare heal why would anyone want to subject themselves to that yeah it's not it, 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 they're not restful no. you, you you can't have sex no. in it it just like uh, they're, they're just they're impossible yeah seeing her try to pull up her long nightgown too was really cute <laughs> <laughs> like, it just felt so quintessentially early 80s to me too like i love that we got mm-hmm. this and the conjuring the devil made me do it like our waterbed the thing again <laughs> Oh God! Please don't bring those back. And, and oh, they're, they're they're terrible for your back oh, too. Mm-hmm. But they they were they they were they were a thing for a long time. Oh, they were. I had a friend who had one, and so I would have sleepovers with them. And it's like, and it was like so. It was a novelty, yes. you know. It was really cool. An but... expensive novelty too. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and that's not even counting the damage it does when it inevitably pops yes, and soaks your entire house will. or falls through the ceiling. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 
God, what a nightmare. I know. <laughs> okay. So we're more than 20 minutes in, which means that we can now take off <gasps> our shorts, put on our short shorts. <laughs> that Tyler is having his own weird subplot. And again, I say, why are we introducing this in episode nine? I know, especially like, I really, really hope that we get a second season, but like, yeah, why has it taken this long? Because I feel like this adds a level of like depth to his character. Oh, for sure. I really appreciate. And it's like learning the word fune. That was really fun. (laughs) (laughs) I just love him. Um, Also the shorts. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we get a lot. Of, we get a lot of Tyler Beefcake in this episode. Mm-hmm. Taylor Pucci. I, I didn't know. I didn't know what he was rocking under all of them. Yeah, it's a surfer bod, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Do you think that was really him surfing? Because it didn't look like they cut away to somebody like they normally do. I was wondering about that. I, there was a moment where I thought maybe they did, but then I don't know if they have a double. That it is a very effective double. There we go. And I would like to know who it is. So did we like Bunny's concern and then also the oh-so-bunny response of burning his favorite clothes <laughs> when he disobeys It's a collector's item. <laughs> I was confused about this because we get the we learned that he has to if he gets this procedure he has to stay out of the water for <gasps> two months mm-hmm. oh no like the look of shock on his face also made me love him yeah it might as well have been 10 years <laughs> right yeah, he has some he has some great reaction shots this like when the when the when the truck hits his, his surfboard oh, I and thought he was high. <laughs> snaps uh-huh. it in half he just the utter look of, of, of shock and devastation on his face mm-hmm. he's just such a puppy dog he really you know? is when he talks about his inanimate <laughs> surfboard as though it is a woman and he's <laughs> lamenting that he's only had two months with her in his life. Oh, Tyler. Oh, that was so sweet. <laughs> but I didn't necessarily get the the sense that they had made the decision for him not to go into the water. I guess he I guess they'd talked about it, but I don't know. It, like, it felt funny. too fast. Like we needed yes. to have this introduced a couple of episodes ago, have him struggle with it, have a little bit more mm-hmm. with money. Like I'm I'm a little frustrated with how the show has handled Bunny. She has not mm-hmm. been the character that I thought was going. I really thought she was going to be a character that got more screen time. Yeah. I, I also thought that she and Sheila were going to not get along with each other as quickly as they do here. Uh, and, and again, I, I this feels like it was written very much with the idea of yeah we're going to get a couple seasons out of this yeah. mm-hmm. so you know they they felt like okay we can we can kind of introduce some you know late in the season plot twists because we can develop it in the second season and that's yeah. i mean i don't know anything i've never tried to write i never tried to write a script for a tv show that to me that seemed like a little bit you know overly optimistic mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. you, you shouldn't you shouldn't unless you have a deal to to in place to get two seasons out of your show you should probably try to tie things up as best as you can yeah but yeah, I mean, the episode starts with Tyler basically having some trouble hearing, mm-hmm. and then he's got this like, what was it? He's he's throwing some sort of additional tissue in his ears or something A like that. Bone, I think, in his ear canal. Yeah. And uh, but I mean, that was something they they definitely could have hinted at earlier in the season. Yeah, because we've mm. never seen him struggle to hear before, so this was something that was introduced, and then it's dire. It could potentially kill him, and now it's seemingly mm-hmm. maybe been resolved? Question mark. Yeah. And to your comment, Joe, that that you know we're not the show hasn't 
really done a lot with Bunny. I, I agree with you because we have this whole sequence back in episode five, I think it was, where you know, we meet her sister mm-hmm. and we find out she's from uh, from Libya. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she is trying to pass herself off as white, but we really don't, that was it. We, you know, we were kind of given this information and then nothing happened with yeah. it. Yeah. Again, like they're sitting on it for next season and it's like, do you know something we don't? Yeah. It almost has felt like they could either do Greta or they could do Bunny, you know, and they have got, and while I've loved what they've done with Greta's character, I wish that there was equal weight given to Bunny's. Like she oftentimes feels like an advancement of the plot Mm -hmm. and the moments that are like the moments that I think are supposed to be like emotionally resonant with us. We just haven't had nearly enough time to develop. Yeah. So they just kind of land, you know, it does. I don't want to say that the show has lost its way, but as we've gotten some of these subplots with Tyler, with John Bream, you know, even spending more time with Danny in the campaign with Jerry, it does feel like the show has, yes, expanded its world and its storytelling potential, but it's also lost sight of that central, you know, female friendship angle that I think we were also attracted to in the beginning. And I do find that a little bit disappointed. Like I'm, I haven't loved the show as much the last couple of episodes as I did in the front half. Now, see, I've had, I, I have the opposite feeling. I, okay. I, I liked the, I, I liked the first few episodes, but again, I, I just, you had a hard time just dealing with her, her, and her monologue. It's just like, this, it's not a fun show mm-hmm. to, to, mm-hmm. to, to watch. It's, it's a hard show, but, but I think as she has shown that this is a compulsion and a pathology because of, you know, a horrible thing that she's experienced, it makes it easier to deal with. I mean, yeah, obviously it was all going to culminate in mm-hmm. that because you can't just write a character who comes off as this awful initially and then not give her a reason for being awful Mm -hmm. yeah the moment i actually wrote the avengers in my notes because when they're in the car and they're driving and they're on a mission Mm -hmm. i loved that moment and that is the other moment that i've been waiting for oh yeah um, is for them to like okay we're finally gonna do stuff now here's the the one caveat i have to how awesome it is is that it feels a little bit like a 180 like I love how empowered I think she feels, but I, I don't, I don't know if I just wanted to hear the snap a little more, you know, of like, this is the moment where I'm like, nope, it's it's enough is enough. And like, I am going to, I'm going to stop hiding who I am. You know, I, I really like you, know, if you can compare this to the scene a couple episodes back where, where her and Danny are out to dinner with Greta and Ernie. Right. And rather than simply asking Greta for a ride home, Sheila just leaves on her own and here because she and Greta have sort of broken the barrier and they are now friends which is something that Sheila just seems you know shocked that Greta wants to be her friend Mm -hmm. but you know now that they've you know made that connection you know Greta Sheila just walks up to Greta and say can you take me out of here Uh (laughs) because that's what you do with friends you know with people you trust she trusts Greta now yeah Mm -hmm. and Greta seemingly trusts her implicitly because I mean we don't really get to see it but the insinuation that I took away from these scenes is that Sheila asked and Greta said yeah because that's what I'll do for my friend Mm -hmm. right and like I don't know if she told Ernie she was leaving either you know (laughs) and like the moment when Greta and Sheila are talking at first and Sheila is crying like Sheila just her surprise that Greta would have wanted to help her just to 
help her, you know? Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, you're my friend. And just seeing that Sheila, like, fundamentally does not live with that kind of ideology, you know, that peop- that somebody could want to just help me just because they like me. And I think Greta has just put in so much work to show that she really wants to connect with Sheila. And it's finally making a difference. Yeah, I really, the, the, with Sheila, you know, being confused and surprised that Greta would be willing to help her just because, you know, that's what she does or because she considers Sheila to be her friend. I mean, I mm-hmm. really, really understand. That. Yeah. 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 And the fact that she thought she had already apologized to, oh. I was like, yeah, it's because she's beaten herself up about this so much and she just always feels like shit. Which is interesting because I think if we had have seen this earlier in the series like in episode three or two we would have been like oh sheila you're playing a game like like Mm -hmm. it would have been sheila lying to greta to get out of something and here i legitimately did believe it that she thought she had done that and it was just that she's not used to it but it also really fucking pissed me off because when she then has her confrontation with danny and she starts crying she does say i'm sorry and she says it almost mm-hmm. immediately. Mm-hmm. I was out alone. Uh, that was more painful to watch than than her like a- any confrontation she had with her parents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh, just how much she's cowed. Oh. Yeah, and I don't think he even knows how much he's hurt. I'm sorry, we're bouncing all over the place, but it just it feels like so many of <laughs> yeah. these relationships are in contrast or speaking to one another right like the interactions Mm -hmm. she's having here with Greta are so fruitful and they're packing this emotional punch because it's what we wanted to see from her for so long and then Mm -hmm. all of her interactions with Danny were just like motherfucker there has been no ground gained here right yeah but you know I mean I guess that's kind of reality like you don't like it's one step two steps forward one step back Mm -hmm. you know and so I do think I think that since she has a trusted person to talk to, I think that's going to help her a lot. Yeah. And I want to give the show praise because it would have been really easy to say, we're going to fix this relationship with Danny in five episodes and then we're going to move on to the next subplot. And Mm -hmm. it has been messy and it has been two steps forward and one step back. And I really appreciate that. I do too. Yeah. I, 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 it's, it's also so upsetting that you could, that she clearly with the scrapes on her fingers and all that she had a huge setback Mm -hmm. with it being discovered thanks jerry what she had been doing with the money yeah it'll be interesting so okay we've got one episode left we've got the finale do we think that danny is actually going to follow up on what he learned from simone before he (laughs) went down on simone no no i don't think so i don't think he he cares I don't, it's not, I don't, I don't even know. I, I mean, I, I don't think it's, it's even so much that he cares. I think he just doesn't know and is not interested in figuring out how to approach her about it. Yeah. And it's, it, maybe that is a little harsh. It's not that he doesn't care. It's that it doesn't occur to him that he should care, you know? You know, or that, or that he figures that if it's that serious of a problem that she'll come to him eventually. And, and I yeah. think that that's, I think that that is something, unfortunately, that does happen in a lot of relationships where you, you just assume that your partner, you know, can and will talk to you about something that's bothering them. If it bothers them enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, as the person in the relationship that does not often talk about things that are bothering me, <laughs> I, you know, it's been an interesting dynamic to see. And it's just like Danny just kind of, yeah, he just is all about himself in that relationship. 
So I am curious to see what's going to happen with this tape, though, because I mean, she is going to tell him about that. Oh, yeah, because he sees it at the end of this episode. Like she now has an entire rack of it. I I think that it's going to take him. I mean, she does say this is how we win. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, we I know. Sheila, come on. <laughs> like, no, but this is how I leave you. Yeah, I mean, she. I mean, I really hope she's not saying, "Oh, I'm going to sell these and 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 fund your campaign with it." Because, like, no, come on, man, it, it don't. It, that's that's over. No, yeah. I 100 percent think that's what's going to happen. This. Is- well, yeah, I know, but but I just <laughs> yeah. I don't like it. Or it could be uh, this is how I get the wives on on our side, and they don't know who you are know. because they know me. Which could be serving Sheila down the road. Oh, for sure. Because don't forget, we haven't had it in a while, but we know where she is in five short years. So right, uh, I do think that'll be the other big thing that we'll see in the finale is we will either bridge back to 1986, like maybe a time jump, or it'll be Mm -hmm. like, don't you want to know how we're going to get there? You know, this is now officially the start of the journey kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. You, you, don't you want to know what happens to Danny? What happens to Bunny? You know, I mean, if if any of these people you know are still with her for this journey five years later. Yeah, I think, I think if I have an official prediction for next episode, it's that maybe Danny is going to win because Sheila partners with John Bream, showing that he is interested in what what did he say, smart development yeah. or something, and that that partnership is going to grow and I'm just going to be positive and I'm going to say, yeah, we're going to get a second season (laughs) and it's going to be about um, them being in business with John Bream and, and maybe getting closer. (laughs) I I mean, I would like them to be a second season. I just don't, I'm not getting, I'm not seeing any signs that there will be. I I don't, I don't know how long, like, like Netflix, you know, tends to announce second seasons like immediately, like, like Mm -hmm. halfway, like halfway through their first season. Mm -hmm. And Apple seems to take a little more time with it. Yeah, Yeah. But I will say, I mean, I don't see a lot of people talking about this show, but I also didn't see a lot of people talking about that Chris Evans defending Jacob show or, you know, they, they've had a couple of things where you think, oh, okay, I guess that show's coming back for a second season, even though I don't know anybody who watched it. So part of mm-hmm. me is like, let this be the new show that no one is watching that they renew so that we get a second season. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, look, I'm going to harness the power of the Tai Tai fan club, and we are going to start a letter writing campaign <laughs> to Big Apple, not the city, the the corporation and we're gonna make this thing happen (laughs) all right well jen if people wanted to join your letter rating campaign (laughs) how would they get in touch with you you can find me at jennifer on all of the socials and you can find me co-hosting the losers club podcast which is a stephen king podcast and you can find me co-hosting the psychoanalysis podcast about horror and mental health nice and gina if people want to talk about waterbeds in the 80s with you how would they get in (laughs) touch with you i am the co-host of the kill by kill podcast in which we talk about horror movies according to the characters um and i am on twitter under porcelain 72 nice and if folks want to talk to me more about eating donuts on the street i can be reached <laughs> at the beast on my remote and that's the letter b and i also co-host the horror queers podcast every wednesday so that is a wrap on the pen ultimate episode we have one more maybe forever, but we will be here next week to break it all down with you folks. So uh, until then, please sample one of the other shows on the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network, which is, of course, the generous network that hosts the show. 
And uh, yeah, until then, I guess, um, like, protect your IP and don't let some asshole make illegal copies of your exercise video. Totally. Don't surf if you have an ear infection. <laughs> don't have sex in a waterbed. That too. Yeah, always that. <laughs> don't have don't have sex on a, on the on the on the couch when your kid might walk oh, in on God. you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So many don'ts in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Squad.